Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and Welcome back to Reality Breach Debriefing and Cocktails. This is Reed Walker, host of this here show, featuring yet again the great co-host, Master Sergio Lugo. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I, th- I like that one better because you said I was a co-host master. That yeah. makes it seem like I'm a master of co-hosting. Hey, I mean, you know, you got enough podcasts these days, you might be. <laughs> or, or you're a part of enough podcast. Maybe I should say that. That's true. That's true. All right, Sergio. Well, we are back on track for this next set of James Bond movies before the newest one to come out soon. And this week we are talking about From Russia with Love. From Russia with Love. See, see, I do. I do want to get like some sort of Spanish rendition of this movie. That'd be interesting to watch. Would it be? What? Would it be? What, I, you know, I guess we'd have to think about whether or not we care about the sub of it, or I, I don't know. I've never really watched foreign movies, so I guess I'm not a good person to ask. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's properly to, that's proper to say, right? Because it's if you're watching a James Bond movie in Spanish, it's probably not as much of a foreign film like uh, what was the Flying Dragon one? Not Flying Dragon. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, that one, right? Like that's all in Chinese or the native language, so that's a foreign film or Parasite. Right. Or is it being right. translated to Spanish? I don't know if it's a foreign film anymore. <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway, sorry. pressing the sap button on your on your remote doesn't make it a foreign <laughs> film. All right, moving on to our first section of analysis of this film. So before we get too deep into it, what do you what was your overall of this movie? I wanted to like it. Oh man. I, all right. But it was too boring. It it kind of was. We're, funny enough, I think we're going to be at least o- somewhat overlapping with each other because I, I thought similar-ish. I wasn't super bored, but at the same time, I also was like, man, nothing nothing's really happening. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. Nothing of real substance. I mean, I think the first real thing that happens of, you know, action, substance is – them blowing up the Russian office embassy. I didn't catch exactly what it was. Yeah. But the Russian air, the the Russian offices to get the, the lecture. It's like, this. I feel like this is the first real thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I've, I noticed something like, you know, the opening scene has that, that, uh, the, 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 the Russian guy killing a James Bond guy with a mask yeah. on. Right, yeah, Grant. If you don't count that as James Bond, mm-hmm. like 007 does not show up in this movie until like 18 and a half minutes in. Oh, no, you, yeah, you're right. I, I've noticed that too. I thought about that very much. It's like, man, this he doesn't come around till like 20 minutes in. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, yeah it, was, it the, was very weird. There was a lot of setup. Mm-hmm. Which I guess that's kind of fun if you look at the time and, all, and whatnot because the last movie – we find out about Spectre from the ver- from the first movie, Doctor No. We find out about Spectre. Mm-hmm. So this f- and James Bond thwarted their plans last time. Right. And this one's kind of in the context of the time. They they are they're kind of setting up like, all right, we're gonna get these guys. We're gonna get this Bond fellow, or we're gonna get <laughs> the the British Secret Service, and we want this Lecter and all this different stuff. But they yeah they kind of are. So it's. I, I don't know. That's not too bad. It's not very actiony, of course, but it is 
it's neat characterization to and set up for yeah. Spectre being a threat. Being right, this right, large right, right, organization. Right. It was kind of exciting for it to be a direct sequel to Doctor No. Mm-hmm. They, like they they name drop Doctor No. They establish, oh, we're Spectre. We don't work for the Russians. We don't work for America. Like we we don't mm-hmm. work for the British. Independent and all of these defectors come work for us and I'm like okay all right this is this is literally world building this is exactly what uh, I, I feel like James Bond is kind of missing typically yeah the, yeah en- enough of them don't in the grand scheme of all of them they don't they they don't world build too too much they you know they they world bit like Q branch and kind of MI six ish but yeah yeah. Yeah. Were there were there any standouty things to you in this movie at all? Um, what one thing that really stood out that you know one of my chief complaints out of most of these films, uh, it's all has always been that James Bond is not a spy. These aren't spy movies; they're action movies. Mm-hmm. And in this this one is probably the most spy out of all of the ones we've watched so far. Why do you say that? Because like there is a there's a lot of espionage. There is a, a a shadow organization that is trying to steal something from a foreign government, and they're trying to trick James Bond into trying to do it for the Brit. Like there's a lot of subversion of you know the the characters' intense intent. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's not like oh. I'm James Bond. Look at me. I'm a spy. It's more like, yeah, I'm going to go in and do a job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it as quietly as I can. It, I'm aware that it's probably a trap, but this is all for the greater good. And it, and I liked that, by the way, that they yeah. they knew it was a trap. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe it'd be you'd never think they would not do that but i guess i'm just glad that the characters put it out there like mi6 like we this is probably a trap but we can't we can't ignore this we have to try yeah 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 and and it's perfectly fine like uh i feel like the 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 spy nation the spy this more how do i say this the more espionage in this movie did make it more boring because it was a lot of dialogue it was a lot of Making you uh, making sure you understand exactly what's happening, who works for whom. Uh, they they made that one one uh, that one Spectre character. <clears throat> they gave him platinum blonde hair, so you couldn't lose him in a crowd. You know, it's funny you say that. I I think that's kind of great that they did that because this. I I don't know if it's in a bunch of the movies, but I, maybe these older ones. I'm a victim to. I, I I cannot put my finger on what the issue is. Mm-hmm. But you do have these movies, and I'm going to lean into saying they're older, where they do introduce characters and different things or, or different characters, and they only say so much about them and mm-hmm. give them very little focus. And I do forget who the who the hell is who and why do I care? You know, some somebody dies and, and it's a big deal. And like, wait, who is that? Why do I care? Who is that guy? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like the the guy that. Grant is the platinum blonde haired guy. When Bond goes and visits his friend in Istanbul and the platinum guy is driving off with some with a dude tied up in his in the back seat, and he leaves the car and the guy's dead and somebody finds him. I'm thinking the whole time, wait, who is this? <laughs> who, who's this character? <laughs> who's this dead character? Am I supposed to care? Is this is this Istanbul man's son? Because I thought it might be just like, who? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know if that's an older movie kind of thing, the way scenes were shot or dialogue was done or what, but I, I don't feel like I get that lost in current day movies and modern movies like that. Uh, like this is going to sound bad, but I do sometimes if it's all just white dudes. Sure. Like if it's, like if yeah. it's just brown haired white dudes, you know, that are, attractive enough to be on television. It, actually, it happens more with TV shows than it does movies. Because um, mm. movies are pretty good about delineating who's who. But Yeah, yeah modern ones the, especially. Yeah, if they all just look like white dudes, 
like what who's i don't i don't know what's going on here because all these no, dudes look yeah. the same yeah and and i i can agree with that just for the sake of oh, too much overlap to all six foot two ish dark haired white men squared enough heads mm-hmm. whatever right I, i'm and, and if they're all even wearing similar colored suits or, or outfits i'm gonna <laughs> yeah at a certain point i can't they overlap or i forget who's who or just whatever like the the godfather movies are kind of like that too i don't know if you've seen godfather one or two at least one there's a handful of characters i'm like wait who who died do, <laughs> do i need to care i, don't, I yeah. just don't know and i think it's over the course of those two movies though <clears throat> yeah anyway i'm glad grant stood out to me uh, i was really happy he did i did not lose that guy yeah, and 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 actually, that's that. I've kind of had that complaint with a few of these movies so far, is that they're hard to follow. This one was not hard to follow. No, it, there was it, there was a was, lot of dialogue, but it wasn't very hard to follow. Yeah, ultimately, after seeing it all, it's it's not hard to follow. Like there, I did have those moments where I thought, "Who is who?" But it, you know, contextually, you can figure it out later enough. Unfortunately, none of it really matters, so it's it's all fine. It, it is easy to follow. I think my one of my complaints or, or or at least questions was toward the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So Grant gets off the train and Bond is looking for the guy from Station Y. Because yeah. he told one of Istanbul's guy's sons to go get him. Tell send him wire to him, go get this guy. And okay, that's cool. So Bond can know who he is. That's fine, or has an idea what to look for. Grant, I don't think heard him say those things to this. But well, no, I take that back. I think he did actually. But either way, how how does he know who to look for? But he just finds this dude. He just straight <laughs> finds him, leads him away, and kills him, and comes back. Which that's all fine. But how did he know who to look for? How did, I just don't. I guess you're just supposed to. They know who a government agent, shadow or whatever kind of person looks like. I guess. All right. Okay, fine. So let's fine. Bond ends up killing Grant and he gets off the train with the girl. They steal the truck from the guy and they start driving off. Then they send a helicopter after him. (laughs) How do they know to send a helicopter? What? (laughs) When? How do they know? And then he gets on the boat and he's going away. And then there's three or four boats after him. And now I don't know if that's Spectre or if that's just the police of the area. I didn't catch that. It, it was just kind of weird. That last like 15 odd minutes was just sort of strange to me. It's like, how do these people know to look for him right now? Well, l- 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 let me tell you exactly what <clears throat> happened in the last 15 minutes, Reed. Okay. Whoever wrote the script was like, ah, <laughs> shit. We need another action scene. <laughs> Or they'll complain that this movie's too boring, and that's what it was. Was literally just a tacked-on action scene at the very end. At, at least tell me I'm not crazy in what I'm saying. No, you're not crazy at all. Okay. It's it's, it's very much like a video game where bad guys just show up and you're like, how do, what? Why do yeah, you all do you, look exactly the same and are easy to kill? It, it's fine that that they would be after Bond. I'm more. I'm way more bothered by. How do they know where he is and how to find him? The, these little things. It's, you know, he doesn't have a tracker. There's nobody on the ends. Now, what I thought was going to happen, because it's been a while since I've seen the movie, I thought Tanya was still passing information because mm-hmm. she was still undercover from her perspective, I think. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking, oh, okay, maybe she's somehow passed on information. And that's how they got to caught up, caught up with them and knew where to go and stuff like that. But I don't think that was ever the case either. So. <laughs> uh, who, who did you think on the 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 last Spectre meeting? Who do you think was going to die, the woman or the man? Uh, where oh, where they talked to Doctor Claw. Y- yeah, they're talking to Ernst Blofeld. We don't know that yet, but they're talking yeah. to number one. But yes, uh, Dr. Claw Because <laughs> it's definitely I, I, framed as she's going to die. Yeah, I, I didn't care. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, one of them's going to die. 
You know, that's just how bad guys work. Mm hmm. I, I kind of wish they had gotten away with the Lecter to, uh, I, I guess, kind of a not a full on Empire Strikes Back kind of thing, but just have Bond not win at all. And, and you know, that we'll get him next time. You, you know, you, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, that would have been fantastic. Oh, OK. <laughs> like, absolutely fantastic if, if Spectre just rode off into the sunset with the with the lector going, ha, 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 we win. Yeah. And, and that would have made some of the last 15 minutes make sense. Yeah. Or, or at least make it lead to something meaningful. Not another character trying to get the lector and doesn't. <laughs> well, I think I've said most of what I want to say. There, there's some little things, but do you have any other anything you want to say? Um, I think I think the, my my real last complaint here, and it's it is full on a complaint. It, it and but okay, maybe not a full on a complaint. It's it's a complaint. Mm-hmm. The 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 whole. And this and this will come back in the tropes, but every single bad guy had an opportunity to kill James Bond as an unarmed dude could have just oh, put yeah. a bullet in his forehead. And it never happened. Yeah, Gr- Grant, especially like th- this has to be where if not Dr. No, I guess, really, it's just an overall trope of the series from from jump. Yeah, Grant has him dead to rights. And divulges everything. Everything. <laughs> so, and he just gets beaten anyway, and he could just shoot Bond in the face at any time. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's I'm uh, like, you're not even trying. Like, you're not even trying. <laughs> and, and, and the I, thing is, 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 is it, it, this movie is so old that, you know, it's, I guess it. I guess it's okay. They're they're not doing it for Bond's sake. They're doing it for our sake, you know. That that is that's an interesting way to look at it. They absolutely are doing it for our sake. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. They are. So. Uh, and and you say that now, and you'll give this movie a pass, and it'll end up in a certain spot on the on our rankings. Mm-hmm. But then the the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time this happens. <laughs> I, I hope you, it just breaks you and you're just, you know what? It has that trope. It's down to the bottom. Yeah. Well, or something <laughs> you, you, you say that I, I'm, I'm giving this one a pass because I understand where it falls in the chronology. You know, mm-hmm. it's number two. So yeah, that, that trope had not become tired yet. Right. That, that's fair. Now, that's if, fair if the next Daniel Craig one we watch is just filled with that exact trope, I'll be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of these movies have that trope in it, but I do feel like the older ones are a bit more victim to it being that overt. Yeah. Where, where like with Grant, he sits there and has a five-odd, converse, five-odd minute conversation with him and just never kills him. Whereas... Maybe a character in a Daniel Craig or, or, or a Pierce Brosnan one, they have him, but it's 30 seconds. You know, so, OK, he gets the drop on him. He does something in, in, a, in a short amount of time. So mm-hmm. that makes more sense, uh, at least even though it's still kind of the same thing. It at least makes sense. They didn't just sit there debating about it or they could have killed him nine times over, but they never did. Whatever. I think Goldfinger's the famous one, and I and I hate that you're gonna. It'll be a while before you see that one. Yeah. All right. Um, but, but, but but yeah, like I I don't know if this one's gonna do well on in our ranking at the end. Just it's it's not like it did too many things too terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Sean Connery was was he, he was good in it. The movie mm-hmm. was a bit pervier than a lot of the other films we've watched it it did yes that opening sequence which we'll get to is kind of a i don't know if you're counting that into your part oh, i'm counting comment, all but, of it like okay like every single woman that walked on screen sean connery's eyes were just like staring them up and down <laughs> um and, and 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 his little and his little buddy was all like ah so huh yeah you huh, you like the ladies huh, huh? yes <laughs> Real, I, real gross. <laughs> I really enjoyed the. Once again, it's always a little pleasure 
you know, they can never make a real movie out of it, of course. The the little moments of Melanie Penny and Bond are all, always find those very charming. True. This one was really good. This one in this film it was really good, and I really liked the uh, the, the the scene. What's his name? Q, but not Q. The um the guy who gives the him all of his guy? gadgets. Q. Q is that Q? Okay. Yeah. yeah that was Q. That was I, the Q. Okay. Well, I really liked that scene. Yeah, I did, I did too. It's it's a neat little showcase of a fun fun thing. You know, it, obviously it's nice to just get everything explained so we know things later. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's neat. It, it's obviously a really elaborate thing too, in a way, especially at the time. It's like, oh man, look at that. He's got a hidden knife in there. He's got a hidden makeshift gun in there. I don't know how <laughs> common if 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 guns like that were common. I don't even know the proper term for a gun like that, um, where you kind of build it it's to a, use it. Uh, what's it called? Collapsible. Collapsible. We'll I, go with I that. Think, yeah, collapsible that, that sounds, rifle. There we go. Yeah, that 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 works. So I don't know how common collapsible rifles were. So that's probably neat to see. It was neat to see just the whole suitcase. So all right. And I and I don't know what talcum powder is. I remember when I when I was watching, I was like, what? What's talcum powder again? <laughs> it, it, it causes like ovarian cancer, right? I don't know. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure sh- I've watched enough daytime television to know that. <laughs> I've watched enough daytime television. Oh, all right. Any, anything else for the for the analysis section? No, no. I think I, I think the rest of it we'll cover in the uh, in 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 tropes because there's there's a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to your section, music. And I do want to say one. I want to bring up one thing, and then you go on with the rest. Okay. I really noticed it in this one. I think it was in Doctor No as well, and it might have been in. Uh, Live and Let Die, Roger Moore's movie. But so the two times he goes into his hotel room, the first one, and then goes into the bridal suite, they just play that James Bond music. Mm-hmm. While he's just walking in as the scene transitions or while he's surveying the room, which one moment thing to analysis. I really liked that. I enjoyed that scene where he's kind of checking the room out. I, I don't know why I think those those scenes of him doing that kind of stuff are neat. But yeah. them playing the music so bombastically just for him walking <laughs> into a hotel room. I I want to talk to people back in 1960s. It's like, why did you guys do this? Why was this a good idea at the time? Uh, I have a lot of questions for the directors and stuff of of, of these types of movies. Like, if you notice, all of the old ones have very long, protracted sequences of him traveling to where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I know that James Bond takes Pan Am air, like airplanes everywhere he goes? <laughs> it's world building. It's world building, bro. No, no, it's not. Like, it, it's it's. A, a reasonable person can can infer that James Bond takes an airplane. Oh, what that if, James Bond has to check into hotels. What if some of the things, not all of them, but some of the things are uh, movie advertisements? I, this was before advertising. Like this was way way before. I, I was about to ask if that was. I don't even know if that was a thing in the '60s or not. But you know what I mean, right? Like we're oh, and, yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're a, talking a laptop about. Laptop and it's clearly a Microsoft one. Yeah, no, that didn't really come to become like a prominent thing until uh, the '90s. I'm sure it was oh, okay. sprinkled in before that, but mm-hmm. and Pan Am may may have you know paid for a couple of shots, but at the end of the day, we don't need a five a five <laughs> to ten minute sequence of him going to where was it Turkey, Bangladesh, was it? Mm-hmm. It's like just have him just just have him be there. <laughs> right. That that cut those scenes down a little bit and you could have your another action scene or another character scene or dialogue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes those are useful scenes because you do have 
like when he now this may not be the thing you're talking about to be fair but when say he's in the car driving to his friend in istanbul and his son is driving him this they use that time as exposition to explain that the russians and the turkish track each uh track each other mm-hmm. like it kind of explain it establishes the system that's in in place here and why certain things are what they are that said I don't know. I feel like they could have dropped that too. Even though I get that, I feel like that's the point of it, but they could drop that and they could have just had the Istanbul guy say that, say the exact same lines. Yeah. I don't know, but to music, to music. (laughs) What? A lot. This, this movie's music mirrored that of Dr. No. Yeah. I I thought kind of the same thing. It doesn't really have, as much of a the music doesn't have much of an identity yet no no it, it, um, not even in the intro like there i think i guess goldfinger's the first one with a true intro song yeah it, like this one didn't have like a true intro song but the intro to this one was really good it it i couldn't figure out if it was really neat or not uh, so so all the text is off of a projection onto the onto the woman's bodies, right? Yes. Is yes. that what that would have been? Okay. Which that sounds neat. I don't know if that's for the time it's neat or if that's neat now. I, I don't know, but it was like, okay, at least it's not just fade in, fade out text, I guess. So that's yeah, cool. Well, like technologically speaking, it's not that fantastical, but okay. just the, the, the way that like the art direction behind where the, where the words show up on the oh, body, okay, that, sure. you know, like, it was it was it was just very well composed. Okay. Good so, to see that. You know, I, I I don't have much to say about the music in this in this movie, but I but I, I literally looked over at my wife while I was watching it and said, This is a good intro. It's it's like, definitely neat. Yeah, and she was like, What? And I'm like, Don't don't worry about it. It's st- I have to pay attention to this shit for the podcast, but this is a good <laughs> fucking intro. And she was like, Whatever you say, babe. Where where do you rank it one out of ten and and not necessarily in contrast to other ones unless that's mm-hmm. what you want to do but just you know it's a bad intro it's a great intro it's it's fine oh, it's serviceable somewhere between seven and eight okay uh, if if it had its own distinct like big song attached to it mm-hmm. it I'd probably go higher than that but just visually speaking it's 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 fantastic. Ah. What did you think of the song from Russia Would Love? Did you actually listen to it itself at some point? Uh, I, was it was that the song at the end of the movie? Yes, they. I think they use it early on to, or, or use it at another point in the movie. Yeah, because not I, most listen, of it. Listening to the end, like when it played at the end of the song, my first thought was, oh well, this this sounds like a song from an old movie. Yeah, I, I feel like it was I, – I don't know who sang the song. I guess I can look that up, but it sounded like a Sinatra-esque song. That's – that exactly, exactly. I was like th- this this feels like a, like a song from like a movie in the 40s or in the, the 50s, and Frank Sinatra is just singing over the credits or something. <laughs> John Barry composed it. Matt Monroe sang it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, it it was cool. I don't know if it really fit the movie, but it but it was cool to hear something like that coming out of you know coming out of the speakers while watching credits. Yeah, and and I guess I kind of wish they would have. <laughs> so I, I I'm kind of dumb, and I have fun with whenever a movie says the title of the movie within the <laughs> movie, <laughs> and I kind of wish they had done this in this one. Or, or, or if not even the direct words, but that the Ru- so the when I think about it now that like the Russians aren't even the bad guys. No, they're not. Right, I, and I also the movie doesn't take place in Russia. No, it doesn't. But the Russians are in Istanbul. I, I feel like they could have worked it in somehow. I think it just would have been a cute little thing to tie the song in and say, say just a character says this is. Oh, this gift is from Russia with love or, you know, a Russian tells them with with love. I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not a writer guy. So 
something. It would have been neat to have tied it together. Because when don't you hear, <laughs> you don't say, "I'm a walker, not a writer." When you, when you hear the song, the songs usually just tie in some way, and this mm-hmm. one just isn't tied in really. No. And but maybe that's just a product of it's the second one, and that's kind of it. I don't know. Hard to say. Anything else on the music? No, no. Um, as I said, the music is very, very reminiscent of to, to the music in uh, Doctor No. So there's not much else really to say about it. What What do you think about when they? I don't know if you actually answered this. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you think when he went to his rooms and they play the Bond theme? So 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 big. Is there a reason for that? Have you ever happened to read? Anything about that kind of thing? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's I, probably to punch up the boring parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just such a fantastical song. You know, focus like, group said this was great. Uh, yeah, it's like a, um. Well, this this part of the movie is slow. What can we do? Well, we can change the the, the score. You know, we we can we can play the the the, the loud James Bond theme over him making cereal. <laughs> You know, like, That's there's only good. so much you can do. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll move on to tropes then. This one, I felt like, didn't have too many-ish. At least not a variety, I guess. Uh, like, it, I think... Maybe the it had that a it, bunch of them, but not a different ones. I don't know. Go, go ahead. That, that, that's actually a good way to put it. Like... They really, really, as I said before, they really leaned into the whole womanizer aspect in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, by my count, he slept with what four women? <laughs> was it four? And and and, and yes. one of them was yeah, two yeah. at a time. Yes. And and it's even kind of hard to say with that. It's it's blatantly implied, but at the same time, I was I could think I don't know maybe he didn't sleep with them. It's hard to say. <laughs> I could see that. I could see somebody we're, telling me, no, he didn't do that. Well, we're led to believe that he did. But yes. And that's I, I really all. That's all that matters when 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 telling people about a Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he's looking at through the the, the telescope from underground, mm-hmm. you know, he he definitely had his little moment of oh, from from this angle, it seems like things are shaping up nicely, and the way the character walks into. There's objects in the way, but objects are perfectly not in the way of her butt and legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, he's ogling. A cinematographer and or cameraman spent a very long time making sure that scene worked. <laughs> just so j- just so James Bond could, could be like, oh, nice butt. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always have to wonder about the guys who do that, because that's a funny way to put that. Somebody had to make that shot doable. <laughs> yeah. So so the entire point is, all right, we need this table and chair and all these objects in the room so your ass is very visible from this angle only. Yeah. So and we, we need 17 takes of just you walking through this room. Yeah, so you properly get in the right spot or something. Yeah, it's oh, ridiculous. It's, it's such a funny thing when you think about it like that, especially in just in general these kind of some of these sexualized scenes. Somebody has to make those things happen. <laughs> uh, I'm glad they tie it. I guess glad isn't the right word. It was neat to see them tie in the belly dancer from the intro. Yeah. Yeah. To later. I was like, oh, look at that. They did, okay. I, I guess. I don't know if I'm supposed to be excited about this or not, but it's it's a neat con- continuity. It's like, oh, oh, that's why there was a belly dancer. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Because they had gypsies. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the 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 tropes were definitely there. Like there was, you know, the, the, there was the the suitcase with the with the the gadgets, and mm-hmm. there were a bunch in there, and he used every single one of them. He did. Yes. He, there there was. Uh, oh, what? Well, villains letting him live. Yeah, villains let. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, there was quippy one-liners. Quippy one-liners, pretty good ones. Like they were subtle. The, the, they weren't like 
dad joke level lame. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Trying to think, and and Q still hasn't really. So this is, of course, the first movie where the the actor for the longtime actor of Q is there. Uh-huh. So they didn't really have much dialogue for him in that. But I'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to see Goldfinger. I might take a. I might glance over at Goldfinger. It's like, ah, oh, this is the movie where they had him kind of have banter. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Because he has basically no banter with him in this one. He's just, all right, this is everything. Okay, now you try it. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this career. Um, uh, Like, at this point, I'm starting to notice that one of the tropes is if there is a woman who is, quote, unquote, a bad person, you know, is on, you know, working for the villain or for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the other party. They always fall in love with him every time. So, so far, has that been true? Because in Doctor No, at least up to this point, are you talking about up to this point? Well, of, no, 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 no. I mean, just, just, just across just across the board, the ones oh, that we've okay. watched. Yeah, it, it, it does kind of seem that way. Like, if they don't fall in love with him, they at least get it on with him in some form. Yeah. Zinnia on the top is kind of an example she doesn't fall yeah. in love with him, but she's she definitely has uh, arousing moments with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was kind of strange to see this girl Tanya was just very infatuated with him. It seems you know she later in the in the train sequence she's just. James, I love you. I love you so much. Don't ever leave me. Oh, no. <laughs> and then while he's getting the recording on the boat uh, and sends it off to him, she's constantly interrupting the, the sequence with passionate speeches of, oh, James, what would we do in London? Talk, talk to them. Talk to the camera. Tell me more about the mechanism. I only want to know yeah. about your mechanism. Uh, that's so bad. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. It's, <laughs> th- this one really is, man. I'm I'm just gonna kind of get to the. Do you have anything else about tropes? Not really. Not really. Like, uh, they're fine. It's yeah. It's, it's just fine. Yeah, middling it, at best. I'm like whatever. Yeah, it's it's as par for the course as it's gonna get. It's kind of womanizing e. And some of that I don't necessarily mind because that's just kind of how the character's built. But mm-hmm. it's it's just so strange. I never thought I'd be this way in my life where this stuff stood out to me in such a way where I'm like, this is kind of, I don't know. <laughs> it's one thing to say <laughs> these things in your head and they're, very, and they're mm-hmm. private to you. It's another to flagrantly say them out loud and then that product i.e. the movie is put out to the world to hear you say them yeah 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 and and like, that's I, not a rendition that's not a, a con- condemning sean connery it's just i don't know it's just so weird <laughs> like I, it, I hate to i really really hate to use this phrase but it, it was literally locker room talk the entire time kinda and and you know? I'm, yeah I can kind of see that and and him having his little buddy there to bounce all of this you know oh well blah 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 <laughs> we're both gonna just we're we're basically two football players who walked by the cheerleaders mm-hmm. and it just it was just it was grosser than than I expected it to be considering I knew the year it was created and I knew that that was a trope right. I don't know. It, it still just kind of stands with what I said a minute ago. That locker room talk, what you think, it, what you personally think, it's all it's all kind of fair game to me. I don't think there's anything wrong with those things, but just seeing it play out, it's it's so weird. I can't, I can't, and I don't even know why I feel that way. I just know it feels strange, exact to me. But yeah, eh, what ifs? <laughs> I guess so. Well, let's go over the kills real quick before we happen to forget them. And, you know, we have to put this in in post or something like that. I'd hate for you to have to do that extra work. How many kills were in this movie? Because when I think about it, it's for Bond specifically. It's I don't think it's that many. 
Well, for 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 most of the movie, all I counted was four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of stayed that way until the big climactic weird boat scene at the end, where he just started blowing motherfuckers up. Right, and I I definitely wanted to say something about that because I feel like so my trope has turned into I don't understand explosions because I sat there and thought about it. I was like, is that how that would work? <laughs> is that how that would I actually don't, play out? I don't think that's how that works. I like <laughs> unless whatever's in those fl- in that fluid floats, you know. Mm-hmm. Like my biggest issue would be you're shooting the barrels. The barrels will probably cause a spark. I don't know if they would, you know, survive the initial shot. Right. And, and even that plus when they do when they do explode. Mm-hmm. All right, let's find the explode. Let's just say it happens. They do they're very horizontal explosions. They're like from left to right, <laughs> very wide explosions and I sit there and think didn't the barrels fall out in more of a vertical form, a vertical pattern? So why would the explosions look like? I don't know. Explosions are dumb. Yeah, Ex- explosions are dumb, and they they don't ever work like they would work in real life. So yeah, all uh, right. At, at, I lost count in that last scene because you don't know how many people are on the boats. You don't know like the explosions. You don't know how many it actually killed. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what the internet says is 11. Okay. Does it happen to give a, a breakdown at all? It does not. It does not. It just, at least not the side I'm using. Um, but 11 sounds right. Mm. You know, I'm not going to break this movie down frame by frame and make it more boring just to <laughs> count the number of dudes that they go, oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Bond killed right. 11, 11 dudes. Uh, we need to keep, we need to add these up. I hope, I hope one of us is storing it somewhere and we can add these up. And by the end of all the movies, we can say, well, looks like James Bond's kill count on screen is 792. Actually, we can absolutely do that. <laughs> Maybe we can do that in post too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's next? I, I'm gonna go ahead and jump on. Not we're going to rankings now, but so not to give my ranking s- straight up, but I will. I'm at least gonna give some of my opinion that ah, this movie just didn't do a whole lot. It it really didn't do a lot to me, and and I don't know if that's just because it's the second one, and they're starting. They're, you know, you put yourself back in the time. They're they're establishing the character. He doesn't have tropes yet per se. Mm-hmm. He, he there's just not much going on i don't think i'm gonna keep calling them spy movies i don't you know i understand you don't see them that way and some people uh, some people don't see them that way i'm just doing it movies of this type these kind of these kind of spy movies just i don't think they were either that big in the 60s and 50s or you know maybe there just wasn't one that got popular enough like james bond did i, I don't know yeah. So on some level, I give this movie a bit of a pass in that it fits in a unique space. The character's not completely established. The actor isn't. The stories aren't. I mean, the stories are fine. It fine enough. But the just aspects of the world, of the universe, of the character, it's just not all fleshed out just yet. But it's almost there. Like I, I'm very interested. I would wish we could go straight into Goldfinger, and then then you tell me what you think. If, if you think it changes. Cause I think that's really where the James Bond series starts is Goldfinger. Yeah. Tropes come in and all kinds of things are just, well, that's James Bond boy. It's, 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 it's when you, it's when he hits his stride, I guess is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just, you know, doctor knows the pilot and the Goldfinger is the Mr. Meek seeks episode of Rick and Morty season one. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. That's that's when the show really turns on. It's like, oh, okay, it's cool. Uh, I, 
I'm not going to want this one ranked very high. But I guess before we I rank, let's, I'm going to go ahead and throw out what our rankings are. Okay. That way, that way we can we can work backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, the best Bond movie is Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Number two is Casino Royale. Number three is The Living Daylights. Number four is Live and Let Die. Number five is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number six is Doctor No. Mm. And and I think this lands right above Doctor No. Really? I really do. I think On Her Majesty's Secret Service is better. I, well, I think well, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that. Oh, oh, you think it's lower than Doctor No? I think it's the worst one we've watched so far. Oh. And by let me okay, I guess I have to go qualify ahead. worst. Yeah, go go ahead. It's not the worst. It's, it's the just worst the of. it's just the most insignificant. It's definitely fairly insignificant. Yes, I think like, it does do some decent characterization of mm-hmm. MI6 and a Bond. Like MI6 is smart enough, and Bond they're they're both smart enough to recognize a trap when they see it, and yeah. but they are willing to take the bait to win a big prize. And and it does. I'll say this: we didn't say this in analysis, but it, it only just came to mind. It does characterize Bond in a good way, where you so you have Grant kill him in the first scene, but uh, and obviously it's a it's a guy wearing a mask, mm-hmm. but they kind of play that up as this is a showcase of how good this guy is, that he's going to beat James Bond because. I mean, it's surface surface value, right? <laughs> then, yeah, I guess we're just not going to talk about how much sense that doesn't make. Right. Of course, it doesn't really make sense. It just it's supposed to create in the mind of the audience at a surface level, like, oh man, he he beat James Bond, and and oh man, he must be a tough guy, and and even all, all the Spectre characters are super just like, eh, it's, it's, it's James Bond. We don't care. Our plan, my plan is perfect. Uh, you know, it, it just, none of this matters. We're, we're going to do this and we do what we say what we're going to do. And the number three, the lady character, she, she even calls it out where she says the only thing we couldn't account for, or, or the only problem was bond. We just didn't. Yeah. Things. We did everything we were supposed to do. We just didn't, think he was that good or good enough so it's kind of a neat characterization again only look trying to look at this from the framework as this only the second movie it it really starts putting up that that luck status kind of thing uh, that i've pushed a little bit Mm -hmm. where he's just he is talented but he is also just super lucky like thank god other than saying the trope of the bad guys just don't kill him when they have the chance. <laughs> but thank God Grant gave into his demand about a cigarette and that he could have all of these gold doubloons. Oh, I've got 50 in this case, which that was kind of a weird thing. I have 50 in this case, but then I have a second case with another 50. And that's the case with the talcum powder in it. That's the gadget case. Well, Where, no, no, no. Like the, the other case was the one that he brought with him. But he had two. But he he had to go through two cases to get all the all the silver coins. Yeah, yeah. Well, what he said was, "This is my case, but that is a standard issue case, so it probably has them in there too." Oh, okay. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's it, like, hey, he 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 saw me open this one, so it's right. He's probably gonna think that it's safe. And I would think and, – and I liked and disliked that too, <laughs> where I do appreciate that. I, I think somewhat on a surface level, that's a good idea. Have him – you open one case, and it looks safe, so he's willing to open the next one because why would he think anything's wrong? But at the same time, if you're even – I don't know. If you're telling him to open one, just tell him to open the other one too. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems – it's very – you know, it's a contrivance of sorts, and that's fine. But I can't help but at least point that out. Well, yeah. You know, the, yeah. If I if I'm gonna gloss over the villains don't kill him, I'm certainly gonna gloss over that. 
that's you know that's fair that's absolutely fair um but yeah that i, I guess that's kind of why i'd put it over dr no but i do understand if you're if you're really pushing that it should be lower than dr no i get it because the the stakes the stakes aren't very high in this one i don't know if you would have no, said that aren't. or thought it but they're not right? they're they aren't a and decoder that's it they're they're after a decoder and there is like there is no big baddie you know yeah, he's right. he's 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 fighting against uh, an idea which is specter yeah he he's at least i mean there is the baddie there is the blowfields there 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 is the organization but it's clearly he's facing off just a hitman yeah yeah he's, he's half, definitely half, not facing off a main character halfway through the film i was like where's the bad guy like yeah. like is he going to end up beating dr claw there at the end like <laughs> what what this this is this going to be another situation where 85% of the movie plays out and then you meet the bad guy like like Dr. No and then you defeat him in 5 minutes? Right. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we can put it where you want it to go, but I think it's I think it's I think it does Dr. No a disservice if you put it below or <laughs> put it above Dr. No. And and I can, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. I can see that. You know, when I, when I thought about, even though I like the world building characteristics of the movie and and characterizations, it isn't it doesn't have much stakes. It, it really doesn't. Yeah. And that's just, you know, it has some excitement, but it's it's just not good enough. <laughs> so, and it is, it, you know, I, I think merit letting that idea marinate a little bit. It is boring ish. Yeah. Whereas Doctor No, I do find a little boring too. But I think that's more of the time and the way movies are done kind of thing to me. And again, like you were saying earlier, that they they love showing him travel from a car to a hotel, spending <laughs> five or ten minutes just watching him go through a crowd, get on a plane, and all these things. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. But it, yeah, I'm I'm on board saying from Russia with Love is uh is worse than Dr. No. Okay. I'll, I'll be, I'm going to actually try and look up the, the like earnings for the movies. Uh huh. I'm going to assume this one outdid Dr. No. Man, maybe. What, what would I say? Box office, right? Uh, it's probably on the James Bond page, actually. Oh, you know what? That probably would have been a better and better way to look at it. It did better than Doctor No by about twenty, about nineteen million more. I mean, that's that's a good amount, right? That is a good amount. It's, it's um, a hot amount, especially in in nineteen sixties dollars. I'll uh, I'll be interested to see where you stand with uh with the man with the golden gun then as our next movie. And I'm actually really surprised, and this is a very big side note, looking at just the domestic numbers, Skyfall is the number one at 304, at least Mm -hmm. at the time of this article. And I'm not going to go through the effort of figuring out time. But Spectre is number two at 200 million. Yep. Quantum of Solace is 168. And the new casino, basically, all four of the Daniel Craig ones are in the top, or like top four domestic. Well, that's a whole nother podcast. Like, right? It's just interesting to see it because uh, <laughs> movie tickets cost a lot more than they did th- th- cost now than they did back then, and you factor inflation, it looks very different. Oh, sure, right? I, and I, I generally do kind of forget about that. You need to consider yeah. inflation. Okay. All right. Well, so our new. Ranking then is from number one to number seven is Goldeneye, Casino Royale, The Living Daylights, Live and Let Die, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Dr. No, and the new bottom dollar is from Russia with Love. Yep. Sad face. So weird because didn't this game or didn't this movie get a game eventually? It did. And I don't remember where. I think it was a Wii game. 
I feel or, like I think it was a PlayStation Two game. That sounds like I want. I want to see. Let's see. I think you're. I think you might be right. Uh, GameCube, PlayStation Two, so that era. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's odd. Like out of all of the <laughs> James Bond movies, that's the one they reached back for. Right. You know what? I think it'd be really interesting to see the game play. To, mm-hmm. And I don't really mean game play, like the, the game play out. Because we're sitting here suggesting that the movie's kind of boring. So where do they fit in these scenes that the player <laughs> is having fun? <laughs> the, 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 the first act of the game, the first mission is to get on the plane. <laughs> The second is to way through the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And then mission number two: go to baggage claim and make sure you get the right baggage. (laughs) Oh, oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to. I actually kind of want to see this now. This game (laughs) was on. Uh, it was on Xbox too. So maybe it's on the store or something. I don't know, man. I might actually look into this game. Well, we might we oh, might no. cover some game stuff later. Like, let's not let's let's not give away our you know. Oh, our, our golden goose. Our golden okay. goose yet? Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't don't ca- don't count your eggs before you eat them. All right, ladies Wait, and what? gents. <laughs> that's that's not it. But we'll move on. I'll I'll look, we'll look it over. All right, ladies and gents. Thanks so much for coming by this week and listening to us two goobers talk about silly james bond movies and we hope you enjoyed it big what, shout out what are, wait what? aren't we supposed to tell them what we're watching next i i'm i'm gonna get to that i'm gonna get oh to that. shit Con- sorry i mean Con- i mean it's our- host man you you know what you're doing yeah no i don't but it, it's it's fair for you to ask the question so hmm. next time on debriefing cocktails we'll be talking about the man with the golden gun the second roger moore film and as a final goodbye, I want to give a big happy shout out to Clarence for everything he does and helps us out. And thank you so much, as always, to co-master Sergio Lugo for everything see, I, he see, does. I don't like that. Is that co-master? What, is, what does that mean? Co, that... Co, co-host master? <sighs> we'll, work, we'll work that out. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure yeah. that out. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, I do. Sir, I Sir do. Lugo. Go ahead. Um, I don't know how, what the Venn diagram of, of, of James Bond and Ninja Turtles fans are, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, there, there's, there are people out there who like both. <clears throat> uh, one of the uh, most popular podcasts on the Reality Breach Network is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast, and it's it's me and and Jeff Hubbard of of the Warp Zone Arcade, and and we talk about Ninja Turtle stuff every single episode. This past week, we had a very special bonus episode where we interviewed uh, writer uh, Gary Carlson, who just finished up uh, his I'm going to say historic his his iconic. Image Comics run. He finished volume three and we got to interview him right as it was being released. And it was it's a fantastic little chat that we had with him. So I uh, check that out. If you like Ninja Turtles, if you don't, then I guess listen to Reality Breached. Yeah, there's there's a couple of different podcasts on Reality Breached, too, like the yeah. Black Pocket podcast. And then then there's all those discussing ones. But that, that's all Clarence. That's, thing, yeah, that's so. all Clarence. Yeah, he does yeah, discussing who Trek and comics like they do all kinds of stuff over there. Yeah, definitely check that out though. He's nice. Well, Sergio, <laughs> thanks so much for, for being here and thank you for anybody and everybody who listened to this one, any of the previous ones or any of the future ones. We love you during these strange COVID times. Thanks so much. Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Q-Nod, and Break Up Rock. <laughs>